Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. Today we're speaking with Jasdeep Panu, a graduate of the 2015 iBear MBA program, who is the head of digital video for ESPN India. Jasdeep gave us insight on the COVID-19 shutdown in India and what happens when you're a sports broadcaster and all the sporting events are canceled. We spoke with Jaws Deep, who was at home in Mumbai for the COVID-19 lockdown. We started the conversation by asking him what was happening in his city. You know, Bombay is always crowded and smoky, and I live just off the main street uh, in Bandra, which is supposed to be a fancy neighborhood. And uh, it's um, it suddenly turned so beautiful. With there's beautiful trees that you start noticing that aren't just you know so dusty anymore. It's clean air. There's no crowds. There's no noise. It's so it's actually quite a lovely experience. If you know something sinister weren't happening in the backdrop, <laughs> so but. But still, I think it's a sign, you know, it's like it's a sign that um, we have to make some change because the quality of life, but Mumbai is getting so choked. It's amongst the dirtiest, you know, most polluted cities in the world. Uh, as you might know, India has a lot of those, um, just like China, I guess, initially struggled with some of that. So it's, it's time for us to wake up to those realities as well. We jumped to his responsibilities. We asked how the shutdown had hit ESPN India and how he and his team have reacted. I am the India head for digital video and television initiatives in India for ESPN. So essentially, I look after the video business and the television business that ESPN handles in all of the Indian subcontinent. So we have uh, websites that we run here. We have a joint venture with Sony that uh, I kind of manage that partnership. And uh, essentially, sports coverage and especially cricket coverage in in India, which is such a huge thing, we have uh, one of the most respected and credible uh, cricket websites in the world, which uh, has millions of people logging on every on a you know daily active user base level. Broadcasting to hundreds of millions of people is a very complex operation, but he and others at ESPN took note that something was happening in China. Yeah, I think I think the moment we started hearing about uh, the virus traveling out of China is the moment that we understood that it's not restricted now. Uh, to any particular, you know, geography, and it's going to travel across uh, various countries. Then we observed it not just in Italy, but happening in Iran. And that was the moment. So I think the progression has been similar for everybody that once it reached um, two or three countries, and you started understanding that, okay, the spread of this is not going to be contained, the scientists don't really completely understand what's going on. Uh, It was clear that it's a matter of time before it hits uh, our shores. A virus in China triggered action at ESPN India. We asked what steps were taken and how this could impact the core event of their business, the Cricket League. So within the business, uh, there was a lot of talk and chatter and discussions, but they were uh, mainly informal because we were all waiting on the decision on the league being postponed. So because we are not in control of that, at some level, we had to wait for that decision to happen. We, We understood this was a big threat and we started talking about it and saying, and looking at the possibilities. But like I said, in terms of the business, I think beyond the fact that we um, understood that this would be a very serious blow to the business if uh, the league didn't happen at the point. So they were talking initially about July and they can't do the league in India in July because it's, um, it's the monsoon season. 
So we'd have to, and this has happened before that the entire league moves overseas somewhere to South Africa or maybe to London or whatever it is. And so we were discussing all these things, all these possibilities were coming up. We were keeping an ear to the ground. We were, you know, talking to our sources within the BCCI, within the, you know, league administration, within, um, you know, anybody that we could get hold of, but no concrete business plans until the decision comes through. ESPN is owned by Disney. We wanted to know what he was hearing from headquarters. There were signs um, that we would be looking at uh, taking care of our employees. I think those are the first signals that the company sent out, that you would be careful, you would ensure that the workplace is safe, etc. So those are the signals being sent out. But again, no concrete action because we were still looking at what the possibilities were. But from a corporate governance perspective, I think the reaction was pretty early. It was pretty clear that we had to kind of protect our employees. We had to ensure that we you know, didn't risk spreading the infection. We were responsible as citizens. That messaging came across very quickly. I was very impressed. We asked Jasdeep to tell us about cricket in India. Oh, wow. You have to kind of experience it firsthand, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, you'd have a stadium across the country where basically a 60, 70,000 seat stadium would get filled up. Um, so you'd have a lot of noise. It's, uh, you know, Indian uh, crowds are pretty noisy. They have, it's a, it's like a mixture of the Caribbean where you have people like with drums and stuff and like, you know, celebratory hats and things like that, along with, um, you know, the whole Indian uh, spirit of chaos, uh, but celebration. <laughs> I'll give you a, you know, basic idea. There's 600 million uh, television penetration in India, right? And, um, and some of these, so the World Cup, for example, the Cricket World Cup, when it was played in India, was in the final. Uh, about 30% of the entire television viewing population, which would be around 200 million people, actually watched that game. So one single game. And um, so it's a massive, massive event. And it's essentially, um, you know, um, one of the biggest things that I've ever seen. So to postpone something like that, um, is quite is quite a feat. Also, remember, this is a league that doesn't happen just on the weekends or just on you know set days. It happens over the period of basically around sixty days, and there are sixty four games. So literally a game every day, sometimes two games on the weekends. So it's a very action packed schedule, and logistically one of the toughest to actually because it's spread across eight or nine, ten cities, and travels literally every day. So one of the most difficult leagues to actually produce, and even for the players to travel between. It's, it's, it becomes a huge, uh, not just a sports debate, but a political debate in the country when you have to postpone something like the IPL. We wondered if Jazdeep thought cricket was next when he saw that the NBA in the U.S. was cancelled. Right. So it was clear that we were you know, tied into the fortunes of how the league would happen. So if the league went ahead, we would be proceeding as planned with precautions. In any case, like I said, because of technology, the plans have become such that a lot of um, your coverage is done from a centralized location and a lot of the links are internet links, etc. So we were planning to do a lot of the coverage within controlled environments. So the business decisions for India are, you know, there's a central business uh, decision making. There's a CEO in India that looks at all of that. So, I mean, there's not a lot of discussion that we need to have at a tactical level with the US or with, you know, global regions. We can take our own decisions. We are pretty much in charge of, um, you know, our PNL. So we have to look at our own decisions, business decisions, and make them work and deliver on the target. So there was some comfort in being able to quickly discuss all of this with the bosses and understand what would happen. And so that's one easy thing in sport. You are connected deeply to the sport. Wherever the sport happens, 
you go there, right? And essentially, we are looking at covering the spot. And because of technology, we knew that exposure would not be very deep in that sense. We would not be at very high risk. But concretely, when we started understanding that it looks very likely that the league is not going to happen, that's when we started looking at alternate plans, which would be, I think, before, like about a five or six days before the league was actually called off. We started looking at what plans we could have, what content we could put out. So we started having all these meetings about figuring out how we could deal with the situation when the league was no longer happening. Once the call was made and the league was canceled, we wanted to know how they decided to pull the plug. There's a proper chain of command. There's a committee. There's, you know, these are decisions that are taken in a democratic fashion. There's a league. There's, it's run by, you know, franchisees and, you know, people that run the league with a commissioner and things like that. So it's, it's a, you know, it's not a decision taken by one single person. It's taken by a body, uh, which is uh, obviously got, so the, primary interest of the cricket body would be to obviously towards cricket itself and obviously holding the tournament as much as possible. But uh, they understand and they've been doing this for you know many, many years, especially in India where to organize a simple game, uh, you often need to uh, pull the right levers um, and have the right connections within the political circles. So it's a pretty wise body in terms of, you know, understanding what's important for the country, for society, etc. Know their politicians. Uh, they have a dialogue with uh, the political class because it's it's a sport that affects the entire country, right? Um, in fact, it's a it's a sport where even the Supreme Court gets involved because to hand out rights, for example, to the to the national broadcaster because it's of national importance to watch the games, right? So it's that kind of it's that kind of game that you're talking about. ESPN India is not a small operation. We asked what steps he took to move a national network out of the television studios and sports stadiums into the homes of crew, staff, and on-camera talent. Actually, so it's opening up interesting opportunities, you know, necessity, mother of invention, that kind of thing. It's true that we've lost a large portion of the audiences that come in for the match play, right? I mean, there's no denying that. But the sports fans, hardcore sports fans, uh, they're coming back for the stories. They're coming back for stuff that we couldn't do, like the involved dis- discussions about who's the greatest and who played the game the best and, you know, which players are, you know, worth being in the team and which are not. And so the, in India, typically you discuss the national side. There is also a league, but um, the importance of the national side is massive. Uh, there's a lot of patriotism at work here. So, you know, just breaking through to the, to the national side and playing the team is a very big thing. You become a bigger hero than, you know, uh, anyone else in the country, literally, uh, by getting into the cricket side. And so, obviously, there's a lot of discussion around who deserves to be there. There's a lot of opinions that fans have, just like anywhere else in the world. So, all of that is coming to the forefront. We're doing so much interesting programming. And thanks to technology. So, I'm, I'm actually doing a live studio broadcast just from entirely on the cloud. We did, you know, a bunch of those. They worked out phenomenally. We are switching and we are cutting to different sources. And so it's just very vibrant. There's lots of opinion. And what we're finding is there's lots of people um, who are like experts and talent, essentially, who are making themselves available to us, you know, just gratis because for the love of the job, for the passion for the job. And we're doing very interesting content, which we could not have afforded to do otherwise. So it's actually turning out to be an interesting time for us of great learning. And everybody's agreeing that the world won't be the same place in many ways once this crisis kind of goes away or recedes to some extent. We asked about his lockdown workflow. 
I would say directly in my team, there'd be about 50 or 60 people impacted, but the entire organization is about two and a half thousand people or so. It was relatively easy on the sports front because the moment we called off the entire tournament, I mean, there wasn't that much to deploy. And we understood that, you know, we'd have to hold back and uh, we had to kind of, we had time to take a look, take stock and figure out what we needed to do and then, you know, implement that plan. So, like I said, I think the important thing was that we were looking at some of these alternatives already. So when we understood that things are getting fairly serious, we started the work from home kind of started even before uh, it became official, uh, before the lockdown happened, I think two or three days before that, we were already starting to work from home. We were already starting to have discussions about moving equipment to editors' homes rather than have them come into office, etc. I think until the last day, there were only two or three people going into office because they had to move some machines. Everything was being sterilized. So all of those practices were in place. Um, But on the day of the lockdown, obviously nobody would come into office. We'd moved everything to people's homes. And that's the best part. I mean, you know, when I started in broadcast, this would have been impossible. The internet was not so robust. Uh, Bandwidth was not, you know, that easy to access at home. So now everybody has, you know, broadband at home and you can work from home with you know, multiple video streams going out. Our content is driven essentially by expert views, by opinions, by story makers that are, you know, behind the camera and in front of the camera. So we put all that together in a production, but there are so many tools now available. So we already, because we were digital, as an entity, we are digital. We are called ESPNCrickInfo.com. What we did was essentially use third-party tools to take everything that we did, even in our studios, like switching, like, you know, having multiple people join us across multiple feeds uh, through various sources and all of that. We are using third-party tools to integrate that into our workflow. And now we pretty much have a studio, which is kind of like a blockchain studio for lack of a better, better phrase. But I think that's a pretty good phrase. It's like there are pieces of the studio everywhere spread across, you know, today we had an expert join us from Calcutta. There were some people who were talking to us in the US who were fans Um, And we had, you know, our people in Mumbai, we had some people in Bangalore. So it was all put together in a production and it was completely seamless. And it uh, seemed like, you know, because you're watching it off screen, it could have been entirely done from our studio. And the bandwidth was so good that we didn't feel um, that, you know, there was any um, streaming issues or any pixelation issues. Uh, So the experience was pretty interesting. It was, it was quite, it was quite good storytelling. In fact, because we could in, if we were doing this production, pre-COVID times, then that's what I mean. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? We would not have imagined putting so many people on remotely, bringing in the interactivity because we would have been working in the older workflow, not using a cloud tool. Um, And so we could have done certain things, but this just made it, the imperative was there to innovate and do interesting things. And therefore the storytelling actually improved. So yes, is it like as good as, you know, being in the studio? No, it's not. I mean, the quality, the personal interaction, it adds, you know, there's a different flavor. But other things emerge from it that give you far more value? I think yes. Finally, we wondered what this experience was showing him personally. You know, there's a concept in Buddhism where you look upon difficulties and you see them as opportunities and opportunities of realization, opportunities of self-awareness. I think this is an opportunity for the entire world to be self-aware about all the things that are important. From a, on a personal front, I've said, I think I value some of these things very deeply because they are human things. At the end of the you, you should have clean air. The children today should have clean air. You should have clean air. 
you should have peace and quiet. You should have quality of life. And uh, to look around you and to realize that you are sacrificing all of that and the amount of stress that was adding and the, you know, just pulling down your quality of life. It's a, it's a reset moment. It's something that you take away, you learn, um, you make a commitment to yourself to, you know, a promise to yourself to give yourself that quality of life. Uh, even when normal resumes, right? And uh, normal, I think, should never go back to what it was just, you know, before this crisis. I think it won't, but you have to be aware that there was a certain realization at this time and you want to take that forward. On the work front, innovation. I think challenges bring out the best in people. And I've seen that in our team. There hasn't been a moment of, uh, you know, of despair, of negativity, of anything that's kind of looked um, and said, I've had this taken away from me. It's only been about responding to challenges far more than, and I've been really happy as a, as a team lead or you know, generally as a leader, I've been so happy to see this, that everybody's coming up with really innovative solutions. So I think innovation, um, a positive um, you know, kind of attitude towards the entire crisis, a reaction, at some level, a forced sense of awareness of what their job is about, right? Of what our job is about as has come about. And you, you can see a wider parameter and you say, hey, let's explore this. Let's experiment and let's not be afraid to fail because right now nobody's going to accuse us of, you know, getting things wrong. So there's no fear of failure at this point. It's really, it's really interesting. And so people kind of go ahead and experiment and do interesting things and some of them work out and, you know, and, and we are enjoying the fruits of that. The learnings we are taking away, we are definitely going to apply when the new normal resumes. Business Class, expert insight into the world of business. The host, Dick Drobnik, producer, Pankaj Bhushan, director, Dan Griffin, web developer, Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.